while the world is quick to tell you all that it's against. Uptown Church wants you to know we're for. We're for doing what's right and fixing what's wrong. We're for lifting up prayers and breaking down barriers. We're for the brightest, boldest, loneliest, finest, and most flawed among us. And most importantly, we're for you. Uptown Church. In the city. For the city. I love that video. <laughs> how many people can relate? Have you ever like painted anything in your life? Okay. Um, how about anyone who has ever moved yourself? Like did not have a moving company, you moved yourself and you needed the friends to help you out, right? Does anyone have the truck that people always ask to borrow for moving? Okay, I see that hand. <laughs> hey, friends, good morning. I am Joy Gonzalez, and I haven't, if I haven't gotten a chance to meet you yet, I'm the campus pastor here at Uptown Church. And that video right there is everything that we are talking about today. As Elizabeth said earlier, we are getting ready to launch another round of community groups or small groups as we call them around here because we truly believe life is better connected. That life kind of feels like that big house in that video and we need a few good friends to help us um, get along. Amen. Well, I had a couple experiences this weekend that actually um, reminded me a little bit of that video and this topic today. And one of them was first off, um, I was here on Friday night for a concert. Woo! How many have y'all been to a concert here at House of Blues in the music hall? Okay, if you haven't, you need to come. It is an awesome experience. You know the team is awesome because we see them every week, but it was awesome. And I got to see, I get this, this is a little embarrassing to admit, my favorite band from college. You know, the ones like that when you were 18, 19, like you swooned over their posters and, you know, I was like, I'm going to marry the front man. I just know it. I obviously did not, but I got to see that band on Friday night right here at the House of Blues. And I just had this moment of like sitting back there at one of the tables, seeing my musical heroes on stage and just thinking like, I get to stand where Stephen Christian is standing and preach on Sunday. Um, it was like a fangirl moment. And of course, um, I'm a total woo girl. So I was like, woo, the whole time. Even got called out at one point. He was like, hey, I see you. And I was like, yes. So it was just like that amazing reminder, one, that is pretty cool to come to Uptown Church on Sunday and to stand here in this space um, with you all. And it, it got me thinking, man, this is great. This is so cool that we get to do this. But was, what was more awesome was the day before on Thursday, I got up that morning, met with a friend I have that I met through here at Uptown Church eight months ago, and we got up for our weekly routine to run together, then have coffee and catch up on each other's lives, see what we could be praying for for each other each week, then went about our days, and later on, early in the afternoon, I got a phone call, um, and I won't call you out, but you're in this room. It's from somebody who said, hey, Joy, we're at the Katy Trail 5K. We all signed up together. Are you here? And I was like, oh, no, I actually quit. I'm not coming. <laughs> and I was like, oh, gosh, there's a group of five people that I just quit on, and I forgot to tell them. 
and then later on Thursday evening, met with another couple, some friends from here at Uptown Church, and talking about their wedding as they're preparing to get married over dinner, and talking about what it means to be married and bring your life together in a way that honors God. And man, that is what it's all about. I was thinking, man, Friday was so cool to be in this room, the big show, the lights, you know, get, and getting to think like we get to come on Sunday morning and kind of replicate that and do that. But the coolest thing to me or the most impactful thing about Uptown Church and about what this community of faith has meant to me in the last eight months was all of my experiences on Thursday. It was the coffee and the prayer with a friend in the morning and running together. It was the accountability, even though I had to admit that I quit the race on Thursday night. But somebody was checking on me to see, where, where are you? We can't find you. And then having dinner with a couple and getting to sit around and talk about what it means to faithfully follow Jesus in the context of marriage. And I just thought yesterday morning, that is what makes this awesome. If you're new here and this is your first time or you've been coming um, since we started eight months ago, this, what happens in this room is just the tip of the iceberg because the real magic and the real power is the experiences from Thursday night. It's the face to face. In this room, we stand shoulder to shoulder. In this room, we sit in rows. But Throughout the week, when we gather together as a community, the power of that means so much more than the fun and the excitement of Sunday morning. And that just hit me this week, how important that is, that that's what we dreamt about when we said we need a new church in Dallas, not because there's a shortage of churches in Dallas, but we needed more places for people to come together and get connected to other people to live life together because that's where all the goodness of life lies. That's where the power of community and church and faith really becomes powerful in our life is in the context of community. And so I want to take just a few minutes and talk about that today, that whole idea. And there are lots of reasons we could talk about why community and grouping up is important. But I think there is one that stands out to me and that has proven true in my life for why I need this community constantly, why I need to get beyond just rows and get into circles because circles are always greater than rows. And here, here's the most important thing. It's this, we drift. We drift. You and I, we naturally are not attracted to doing the things that are best for us. We naturally drift away from the holy, the good, the wholesome things in our life. Because the current of life rarely takes us in the right direction. We don't just end up in the right place on accident. We have to intend to get there and then take steps to get there. How many of you know what I mean? When it comes to exercise, kind of like my example on Thursday night, you need the people to call you because you don't always naturally do what you know you're supposed to do. Or 
I don't know if this one hits for you like it does for me, but eating healthy. Ugh. I'm supposed to eat salads. People, we're supposed to eat green stuff. Did you know that? Vegetables. I tell my kids that every week. Do you know what I never want to eat? Vegetables. Salads. Whatever is good for us, we naturally are usually, like, we find ourselves drifting from it. And so the power of circles being greater than rows is that when we come together, we, can, we have this ability to be held accountable. When we come together, we have other people who are going with us in that same direction. Because doing the right things, doing the things that are good for us, is usually like swimming upstream against the current of culture, against the current. Nobody at your work is ever going to say, you know what, you need to stop working so much. Stop working 70 hours a week. Nobody. They're like, hey, you want to put in 80? That's great. N nobody is pushing us toward, towards all the things that are good for us. So the power of circles is that it puts us side by side, face to face, looking at people that are intending to get where we're going, that are going upstream with us so we're not going alone because it's a lot harder to swim upstream by ourselves. And that's one of the coolest things about Christianity. One of the core tenets of Christianity is that we don't do this thing called life. We don't do this thing called faith alone. We're meant to do it together. We're meant to go together. We're meant to spur one another on and lead each other towards the things we naturally have a tendency to be drawn away from. And the amazing thing is that this, for us, this drifting that happens in our life isn't new to us in the 21st century. It is not today because we have phones and we're more connected digitally than we've ever been in the history of the world. This is a human problem that's been happening since the first century Christian church started meeting. And it's so cool because there's this church leader from the first century who writes to a group of followers in his community of faith. And he's talking about this very idea that you are prone to drift away from everything that is good for you, even your faith. Maybe even especially your faith. And so this writer says, he writes about this situation, and this is what he says to them. And I, and I love this. He says, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful and unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. He's saying, y'all need to see about each other. Y'all need to check up on each other. You got to see to it that the people in your life are doing okay. He says, y'all see about each other. Y'all get close enough that you can see what's really going on. And, and I love that he says see. Because how many of us kind of live life and we see a lot of things 
but we don't really, you know, see it. We don't really perceive it. That we go throughout life and we have interactions with people every day. And sometimes there are things that we just miss. And this author is saying, you can do that. You can go about your day and see a hundred people and they can see you, but nobody really see to you. And that's what he's talking about. He's saying, don't just be around a bunch of people. You need people that actually see you, see your life, who see when something doesn't seem right. And, and it's like he can totally see into our culture and our world today because he says, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has an unbelieving heart. He reminds us that the drift that we naturally feel in our life, that drift, it starts within us. It's not somebody pushing us off track. He's saying the drift in your life, the drift begins within. The thing that's pulling you away from all you know to do, all that's good for you, it's here. It's not some outside force. You can't blame, oh, work, and I'm busy, and my life, my spouse, it's them, it's not me. He says, no. Drifting off course starts within your heart. So you got to have people seen about you, but they have to be close enough to truly see you, to see what's bubbling up from within. And the awesome thing is he, he gives us this warning, this exhortation, but it's cool because he gives us the solution right in the verse. Did you notice this is a plural statement? It's a group command. He's saying, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you, or when I read my Bible, none of y'all. He's saying, y'all are your best defense against the drift that naturally happens within you. You are not your best defense. I am not the best defense against the things pulling me away from what I know is right. Y'all are my best defense. We is the best defense against the drift within each one of us. He goes on and he says this. He says, but encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And I love this because this word encourage, you and I use it oftentimes to be like, hey, way to go, good job. But this word actually in Greek, it means something more like these words here. Appeal to one another, exhort one another, urge strongly, even beg one another, implore one another, entreat one another. He's saying, don't just, you know, pat on the back. He's saying, we drift so easily away from the things that are best for us that we need people literally that are sometimes appealing to us, begging us. No, no, no. Hey, Joy, I don't know if you saw that, but if you keep going down that path, that that is not good. We need people who almost like pull us back in the game. And I love that. Appeal to, exhort, urge strongly, beg, implore, entreat. 
because it's a powerful statement about how much we need people in our life willing to speak into our life that have courage and boldness to say, I see you and I love you. So I, I'll be there and I'll say something. I won't let the drift happening within you take you away. The current of life to suck you in. And this often, this question here, often is where I see that drift happen in us and me and in others when people come and say, hey, can we have coffee? Can we talk about some things going on in my life? Is that there is often something we are telling ourselves that if we shared it with somebody else, they might say, oh my gosh, you're crazy. You have lost your mind. Have you ever is seeing a friend, they start kind of telling you what they've been thinking about their spouse or, oh, he's just the worst. He always does this. Or at work, they're like, gosh, this place is just so unhinged. People don't follow the rules. I can just, you know, it doesn't even matter what I do. And you're like, what do you mean it doesn't matter what you do? Like, yes, it does. And it, you get glimpses sometimes when you talk to people and they say things or when you're saying something, people maybe look back, your close friends, and like, what are, you, what are you trying to say? Because often that drift away from what is good and right begins with that self-talk within us, that small little thing that if you told somebody else what you were thinking, they might think you are absolutely crazy. But they might end up keeping you from something crazy. Because we all do that. We all start telling ourselves at times things like that. And, and it's so easy to do that when it's just us inside our brains to say, it's just one more drink. It's not a big deal. Or no one sees what I'm doing at work. They're not going to even miss like a few dollars, or it, it doesn't matter if I cut corners here and there. It's not like anyone's really going to see that. It doesn't matter. Or, you know, I, I'm just connecting with an old friend from high school. We're just friends. There's no big deal. It's no big deal. I mean, sure, we text every day, and my husband doesn't know, but, you know, no big deal. We, we tell ourselves sometimes things that if we were to get them outside of our brains and say them to somebody else, they would say, wait, 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 what are you doing? Wait, wait, what? What are you telling yourself? So what are you telling yourself these days? That if you were to tell somebody else, they might say, you've lost your mind. What are you thinking? What are you telling yourself? What's the self-talk today? Sometimes the most common things for a lot of us is just, oh, nobody, nobody cares about me. No one really knows me. No one really thinks I'm that great. Nobody's really my friend. That if you told that to somebody else, they would say, are you, are you kidding me? We love you. You're, you're the best. Oh, my gosh. You encourage me in my faith. But sometimes we don't see it like other people see it. 
And so this writer is telling his early church, he's like, that's why y'all got to see about each other. Because here's the thing, you can alone, you can tell yourself things that aren't true, which then end up leading you to do things that you regret later. And he's like, and you can even come in a church and you can sit in a row. But guess what? Rows don't know. Rows don't know what's going on in here. How could we sitting here in this space truly know what's going on? And how many of us sometimes on Sundays, we get out of the car, we walk in, and we know how to be like, church, 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 church. And you're like, I'm blessed, hashtag blessed, glory. And you're sitting in a row, we're doing the row, 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 pray and praise, pray and praise, pray and praise. And everyone's like, wow, they got it together. Because rows don't know what we're telling ourselves and what's in here. But circles, face to face. He says this, he goes on, he says, we have come to share in Christ if we indeed hold our original conviction firmly to the end. He says this, we have come, and by saying to share in Christ, he's saying we have become Christians. We have followed Christ. And we stay in that place. We continue as Christians when we hold to that original conviction within us that first drew us here, that first led us here. But it is easy to start with one thought, with one bit of drift, going unchecked to end up abandoning the whole thing. He's, he's so wise because he knows it seems like one thought. It seems like just a little bit of drift. But if it goes unchecked over time, we can end up, because of one little thing, losing all of it. And if you don't intend to abandon the whole thing, the faith that first gave you life, the, the relationships, the people, the things that first gave you life, if you don't intend to abandon the whole thing, pay attention to the little things. He says, hold firmly. And you do that when you're seen about it, seen about someone else. The drift begins within so you've got to let someone in. You've got to let someone see what is not clearly evident on a Sunday morning. Because someone can see what you can't see. Someone can see what may not be evident to you because you've been able to talk to yourself and tell yourself a story. He always, she always, it's not really that big of a deal. No one really knows. No one really cares. But if we tend, if we want to not abandon the whole thing, we intend to keep on pressing into what is giving us life, this faith that Christ has first led us to, the thing we know that matters most, we have got to let someone see us, and we do that in a circle over a row. And that, that's what I realized and remembered again on Thursday, is that when somebody is calling you to say, hey, where are you? 
it changes things in your life. Have you felt that power before when someone's like, you know, I haven't seen you in three weeks, and I really miss you. What's going on? Is everything okay? When there are people that know to check in and see you, it changes everything in your life. In high school, I was a cross-country runner. Do we have any long-distance runners in the room? Yes. And one powerful example of this, and of course, you know, as a 16-year-old, I didn't get it then, but I've since, like years and years later, reflected on this, was this one season we as a team decided we were going to go to states, that we, we were a good team, that every girl on the team could make it to states. But if you've run a race in long distance running, you don't qualify as a team. It's an individual sport. So everyone has to set a goal and know what their personal best is. And everyone has to achieve that so you guys can all get there together. So we, we started to hold each other accountable. I knew what every girl's best, personal best was on the team and they knew mine. I, know, I knew who should be running in front of me and who should be behind me. We, we knew each other's paces, and we knew where we were trying to go. And so we could encourage each other in that. And this one particular race, I remember, like, falling behind, getting really just tired and worn out. And one of the girls that was typically behind me, not too far, she started to pass me. And she could feel like that my energy was waning. And she was like, come on, Joy, you've got this, keep it up. You know, did like the verbal encouragement. And, and I just, I, I wasn't getting there. And so all of a sudden, she put her hands back. You know, like we're in a relay race, but we're, we're not. And she puts her hand back and she says, grab my hand. Like, what is she doing? And so I, I just grabbed her hand, and she pulled me forward, literally pulled me forward. And she said, run here. This is the pace. And it, just that little action set me back on course. And that's what this writer's talking about. He's like, see to it. Don't just, hey, you got this. You're in this. Pull people forward. Because it's the very thing that might just save their life and save your life. Friends, Elizabeth was talking about groups earlier, and we're launching those. And if you have not signed up, I would encourage, urge, appeal, exhort, beg <laughs> you to join a group. Not, not for us. We don't gain something from that, but for you. Because there are things, whether it's today or next week or in the coming months, that you're going to struggle with in here. And you're going to feel that drift away from the faith that first gave you life. And what will you do? We don't know how to set ourselves back on course. Willpower is not enough. We need the people that literally pull us along. So for us, groups are going to last in the fall 11 weeks. You sign up and our groups are designated by age and stage so you can meet people in kind of your same age and stage of life, maybe going through some of the similar things you are. We follow um, a discussion kind of curriculum and so you don't even have to come thinking about what to talk about. We've got questions for you. 
Um, We've got scripture that we go over together. We pray together. And and most importantly, we just get to know each other and see each other face to face and not just shoulder to shoulder. At the end of the 11 weeks, we're going to then give you a choice to say, you know what, this was really good for me, and I want to stay with this group, or maybe I want to try a different group and be better matched with people. But we want you to be connected to people who really see you. And that might sound like, oh, I don't know if I want people to see me. (laughs) I, I get it as an introvert. But the power of our lives is when people truly know us. And that's why we have started groups, and that is what we're praying and hoping can be not only the catalyst in this church for God using to transform your life, but the catalyst that will transform our city as a bunch of people who see each other and urge one another along in their faith to not let go even when it's easiest to do so. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we come to you and we give you thanks for this day. God, we thank you that in here is great. What you're doing in this place on Sundays is amazing. But God, you are calling us deeper, not only in our relationship with you, but in our relationships with one another, that we could truly become the people. God, we know you are leading us to become, that we can truly be and live in our full potential and live the good life we have dreamt of for ourselves. God, would you give us the courage and boldness to take the next step, to do this next right thing, that we might have somebody in our lives that truly sees us and truly knows us as we are and loves us there, but loves us enough to not let us stay the same. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Want to connect with Uptown Church? Visit UptownChurchDallas.org or follow us on Instagram. And be sure to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. for in-person worship at House of Blues in Dallas. God is with you. God is for you. Go in peace.